Chapter 7, verses 25 through 39 of Catina Aria, Commentary on the Four Gospels Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers, Gospel of St. John, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 25 through 30. Then said some of them of Jerusalem, Is not this he whom they seek to kill? But lo, he speaketh boldly, and they say nothing unto him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is the very Christ? Albeit we know this man whence he is, but when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, Ye both know me, and ye know whence I am, and I am not come of myself, but he that sent me is true, whom ye know not. But I know him, for I am from him, and he hath sent me. Then they sought to take him, but no man laid hands on him, because his hour was not yet come. Augustine. It was said above that our Lord went up to the feast secretly, not because he feared being taken, for he had power to prevent it, but to show figuratively that even in the very feast which the Jews celebrated, he was hid, and that it was his mystery. Now, however, the power appears, which was thought timidity. He spoke publicly at the feast, insomuch that the multitude marveled. They said, some of them at Jerusalem, Is not this he whom they seek to kill? But lo, he speaketh boldly, and they say nothing to him. They knew the fierceness with which he had been sought for. They marveled at the power by which he was not taken. Chrysostom, the evangelist adds from Jerusalem, for there had been the greatest display of miracles, and there the people were in the worst state, seeing the strongest proofs of his divinity, and yet willing to give up all to the judgment of their corrupt rulers. Was it not a great miracle that those who raged for his life, now that they had him in their grasp, became on a sudden quiet? Augustine, so not fully understanding Christ's power, they supposed that it was owing to the knowledge of the rulers that he was spared. Do the rulers know indeed that this is the very Christ? Chrysostom, but they do not follow the opinion of the rulers, but put forth another more perverse and absurd one. Howbeit we know this man whence he is, but when Christ cometh no man knoweth whence he is. Augustine, this notion did not arise without foundation. We find indeed that the scriptures said of Christ, He shall be called a Nazarene, and thus predicted whence he would come. And the Jews again told Herod when he inquired that Christ would be born in Bethlehem of Judah, and adduced the testimony of the prophets. How then did this notion of the Jews arise, that when Christ came, no one would know whence he was? From this reason, viz. that the scriptures asserted both. As man they foretold whence Christ would be. As God he was hid from the profane, but revealed himself to the godly. This notion they had taken from Isaiah. Who shall declare his generation? Our Lord replies that they both knew him and knew him not. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, Ye both know me and know whence I am. That is to say, Ye both know whence I am, and do not know whence I am. Ye know whence I am, that I am Jesus of Nazareth, whose parents ye know. The birth from the Virgin was the only part of the matter unknown to them. 
With this exception, they knew all that pertained to Jesus as man. So he well says, Ye both know me, and know whence I am, i.e. according to the flesh, and the likeness of man. But in respect of his divinity, he says, I am not come of myself, but he that sent me is true. Chrysostom, by which he discloses what was in their minds. I am not, he seems to say, of the number of those who have come without reason, but he is true that sent me, and if he is true, he has sent me in truth, and therefore he who is sent must needs speak the truth. He then convicts them from their own assertions. For whereas they had said, When Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is, he shows that Christ did come from one whom they knew not, i.e. the Father. Wherefore he adds, Whom ye know not. Hilary, every man ever born in the flesh, is in a certain sense from God. How then could he say that they were ignorant who he was, and whence he was? because our Lord is here referring to his own particular birth from God, which they were ignorant of, because they did not know that he was the Son of God. His very saying, then, that they did not know whence he was, was telling them whence he was. If they did not know whence he was, he could not be from nothing, and then there would be no whence to be ignorant of. He must therefore be from God, and then not knowing whence he is was the reason that they did not know who he is. He does not know the Son who does not know his birth from the Father, Chrysostom, or the ignorance he speaks of is the ignorance of a bad life. As Paul saith, they profess that they know God, but in works they deny him. Our Lord's reproof is twofold. He first published what they were speaking secretly, crying out in order to put them to shame. Augustine, lastly to show whence they could get to know him who had sent him, he adds, I know him, so if you would know him, inquire of me. No one knoweth the Father save the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. And if I should say, I know him not, I should be a liar like unto you. Chrysostom, which is impossible, for he that sent me is true, and therefore he that is sent must be true likewise. He everywhere attributes the knowledge of the Father to himself, as being from the Father. Thus here, but I know him, for I am from him. Hilary, I ask, however, does the being from him express a work of creation, or a birth by generation? If a work of creation, then everything which is created is from him. And how then does not all creation know the Father, if the Son knows him? because he is from him. But if the knowledge of the Father is particular to him, as being from him, then the being from him is particular to him also, i.e. the being the true Son of God by nature. So you have then a particular knowledge springing from a particular generation. To prevent, however, any heresy applying the being from him to the time of his advent, he adds, and he hath sent me, thus preserving the order of the gospel sacrament, first announcing himself born, and then sent. Augustine, I am from him. He says, i.e., the Son from the Father, but that you see me in the flesh is because he hath sent me, 
wherein understand not the difference of nature, but the authority of a father, Chrysostom. His saying, however, whom ye know not, irritated the Jews, who professed to have knowledge, and they sought to take him, but no man laid hands on him. Mark the invisible check which is kept upon their fury, though the evangelist does not mention it, but preserves purposely a humble and human way of speaking, in order to impress us with Christ's humanity, and therefore only adds, because his hour was not yet come. Augustine. That is, because he was not so pleased, for our Lord was not born subject to fate. Thou must not believe this even of thyself, much less of him by whom thou wert made. And if thine hour is in his will, is not his hour in his own will? His home, then, here does not mean the time that he was obliged to die, but the time that he deigned to be put to death. Verses 31 through 36. And many of the people believed on him, and said, When Christ cometh, will he do more miracles than these which this man hath done? The Pharisees heard that the people murmured such things concerning him, and the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. Then said Jesus unto them, Yet a little while am I with you, and then I go unto him that sent me. Ye shall seek me, and shall not find me, and where I am, thither ye cannot come. Then said the Jews among themselves, Whither will he go, and we shall not find him? Will he go to the dispersed among the Gentiles, and teach the Gentiles? What manner of speaking is this? that he said, Ye shall seek me, and shall not find me, and where I am, thither ye cannot come. Augustine. And many of the people believed on him. Our Lord brought the poor and humble to be saved. The common people, who soon saw their own infirmities, received his medicine without hesitation. Chrysostom. Neither had these, however, a sound faith, but took up a low way of speaking, after the manner of the multitude, when Christ cometh, will he do more miracles than this man hath done? Their saying, when Christ cometh, shows that they were not steady in believing that he was the Christ, or rather, that they did not believe he was the Christ at all. For it is the same as if they said that Christ, when he came, would be a superior person and do more miracles. Minds of the grosser sort are influenced not by doctrine, but by miracles. Augustine or they mean, if there are not to be two Christs, this is he. The rulers, however, possessed with madness, not only refused to acknowledge the physician, but even wished to kill him. The Pharisees heard that the people murmured such things concerning him, and the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. Chrysostom, he had discoursed often before, but they had never so treated him. The praises of the multitude, however, now irritated them, though the transgression of the Sabbath still continued to be the reason put forward. Nevertheless, they were afraid of taking this step themselves, and sent officers instead. Augustine, not being able to take him against his will, they sent men to hear him teach. Teach what? Then said Jesus unto them, Yet a little while I am with you. Chrysostom, he speaks with the greatest humility, as if to say, Why do you make such haste to kill me? Only wait a little time. Augustine, that which ye wish to do now, ye shall do some time, but not now. 
because it is not my will, for I wish to fulfill my mission in due course, and so to come to my passion, Chrysostom. In this way he admonished the bolder part of the multitude, and made the earnest among them more eager to hear him, so little time being now left during which they could have the benefit of his teaching. He does not say, I am here simply, but I am with you, meaning, though you persecute me, I will not cease fulfilling my part towards you, teaching you the way to salvation and admonishing you. What follows? And I go unto him that sent me, was enough to excite some fear. Theophylact, as if he were going to complain of them to the Father. For if they reviled him who was sent, no doubt they did an injury to him that sent. Bede, I go to him that sent me, i.e., I return to my Father, at whose command I became incarnate. He is speaking of that departure from which he has never returned. Chrysostom, that they wanted his presence, appears from his saying, Ye seek me, and shall not find me. But when did the Jews seek him? Luke relates that the woman lamented over him, and it is probable that many others did the same, and especially when the city was taken, would they call Christ and his miracles to remembrance, and desire his presence. Augustine, here he foretells his resurrection, for the search for him was to take place after his resurrection, when men were conscience-stricken, they would not acknowledge him when present. Afterward they sought him. When they saw the multitude believing on him, and many pricked in their hearts, said, What shall we do? They perceived that Christ's death was owing to their sin, and believed in Christ's pardon to sinners, and so despaired of salvation, until they drank of that blood which they shed. Chrysostom. Then lest any should think, that his death would take place in the common way, he adds, And where I am, thither ye cannot come. If he continued in death, they would be able to go to him, for we all are going thitherwards. Augustine. He does not say where I shall be, but where I am, for Christ was always there in that place, whither he was about to return. He returned in such a way as that he did not forsake us visibly and according to the flesh. He was upon earth, according to his invisible majesty. He was in heaven and earth. Nor again is it, ye will not be able, but ye are not able to come. For they were not such at the time as to be able. That this is not meant to drive men to despair is shown by his saying the very same thing to his disciples, whither I go, ye cannot come and by his explanation last of all to Peter, Whither I go, ye cannot follow me now, but ye shall follow me afterwards. Chrysostom. He wants them to think seriously how little time longer he should be with them, and what regret they will feel when he is gone, and they are not able to find him. I go unto him that sent me. This shows that no injury was done him by their plots, and that his passion was voluntary. The words had some effect upon the Jews, who asked each other where they were to go, which was like persons desiring to be quit of him. Then said the Jews among themselves, Whither will he go? That we shall not find him. Will he go to the dispersed among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles? In the fullness of their self-satisfaction, 
they call them Gentiles, as a term of reproach, the Gentiles being dispersed everywhere, a reproach which they themselves underwent afterwards. Of old all the nation was united together, but now that the Jews were mixed with the Gentiles in every part of the world, our Lord would not have said, Whither I go, ye cannot come, in the sense of going to the Gentiles. Augustine, Whither I go, i.e., to the bosom of the Father, this they did not at all understand. And yet even their mistake is an unwitting prophecy of our salvation, i.e., that our Lord would go to the Gentiles, not in his own person, but by his feet, i.e., his members. He sent to us those whom he had made his members, and so made us his members. Chrysostom they did not mean that our Lord was going to the Gentiles for their hurt, but to teach them. Their anger had subsided, and they believed what he had said. Else they would not have thought of asking each other, What manner of saying is this, that he said, Ye shall seek me, and shall not find me, and whither I am, ye cannot come. Verses 37-39 through 39. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Chrysostom, the feast being over, and the people about to return home, our Lord gives them provisions for the way. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Augustine, the feast was then going on, which is called Scenopigia, i.e. building of tents. Chrysostom, which lasted seven days, the first and last days were the most important. In the last day, that great day of the feast, says the evangelist, those between were given chiefly to amusements. He did not then make the offer on the first day, or the second, or the third, lest amidst the excitements that were going on, people should let it slip from their minds. He cried out on account of the multitude of people present. Theophylact, to make himself audible, inspire confidence in others, and show an absence of all fear in himself. Chrysostom, if any thirsteth, as if to say, I use no compulsion or violence, but if any have the desire strong enough, let him come. Augustine, for there is an inner thirst, because there is an inner man, and the inner man of a certainty loves more than the outer. So then, if we thirst, let us go not on our feet, but on our affections, not by change of place, but by love. Chrysostom, he is speaking of spiritual drink, as his next words show. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And where does the scripture say this? Nowhere. What then? We should read, he that believeth in me, as saith the scripture, putting the stop here, and then, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The meaning being, that that was a right kind of belief which was formed on the evidence of the scripture, not of miracles. Search the scriptures he had said before. Jerome, 
or this testimony is taken from the Proverbs, where it is said, Let thy fountains be dispersed abroad, and rivers of water in the streets. Augustine, the belly of the inner man is the heart's conscience. Let him drink from that water, and his conscience is quickened and purified. He drinks in the whole fountain, nay, becomes the very fountain itself. But what is that fountain, and what is that river which flows from the belly of the inner man? The love of his neighbor. If any one who drinks of the water thinks that it is meant to satisfy himself alone, out of his belly there doth not flow living water. But if he does good to his neighbor, the stream is not dried up, but flows. Gregory. When sacred preaching floweth from the soul of the faithful, rivers of living water, as it were, run down from the bellies of believers. For what are the entrails of the belly but the inner part of the mind, i.e., a right intention, a holy desire, humility towards God, mercy toward man? Chrysostom. He says rivers, not river, to show the copious and overflowing power of grace. And living water, i.e., always moving, for when the grace of the Spirit has entered into and settled in the mind, it flows freer than any fountain, and neither fails nor empties nor stagnates. The wisdom of Stephen, the tongue of Peter, the strength of Paul, are evidences of this. Nothing hindered them, but like impetuous torrents, they went on, carrying everything along with them. Augustine, what kind of drink was it to which our Lord invited them? The evangelist next explains, But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. Whom does that Spirit mean but the Holy Spirit? For every man has within him his own Spirit. Alcune. He promised the Holy Spirit to the apostles before the ascension. He gave it to them in fiery tongues after the ascension. The evangelist's words, which they that believe on him should receive, refer to this. Augustine, the Spirit of God was, i.e., was with God, before now, but was not yet given to those who believe on Jesus, for our Lord had determined not to give them the Spirit, till he was risen again. The Holy Spirit was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Chrysostom, the apostles indeed cast out devils by the Spirit before, but only by the power which they had from Christ. For when he sent them, it is not said, he gave them the Holy Spirit, but he gave unto them power. With respect to the prophets, however, all agree that the Holy Spirit was given to them. But this grace had been withdrawn from the world. Augustine, yet we read of John the Baptist, he shall be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And Zacharias was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied. Mary was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied of our Lord. And so were Simeon and Anna, that they might acknowledge the greatness of the infant Christ. We are to understand, then, that the giving of the Holy Spirit was to be certain after Christ's exaltation, in a way in which it never was before. It was to have a peculiarity at his coming, which it had not before, for we nowhere read of men under the influence of the Holy Spirit speaking with tongues which they had never known, as then took place, when it was necessary to evidence his coming by sensible miracles. Augustine, if the Holy Spirit then is received now, why is there no one who speaks 
the tongues of all nations, because now the church herself speaks the tongues of all nations. Whoso is not in her, neither doth he now receive the Holy Spirit. But if only thou lovest unity, whoever hath anything in her, hath it for thee. Put away envy, and that which I have is thine. Envy separateth, love unites. Have it, and thou hast all things, whereas without it nothing that thou canst have will profit thee. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit which is given to us. But why did our Lord give the Holy Spirit after his resurrection? That the flame of love might mount upwards in our own resurrection, separating us from the world, and devoting us wholly to God. He who said, He that believeth in me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water, hath promised life eternal, free from all fear and change and death. Such then being the gifts which he promised to those in whom the Holy Spirit kindled the flame of love. He would not give that spirit till he was glorified, in order that in his own person he might show us that life, which we hope to attain to in the resurrection. Augustine, if this then is the cause why the Holy Spirit was not yet given, viz., because Jesus was not yet glorified, doubtless the glorification of Jesus, when it took place, was the cause immediately of its being given. The Catafrigs, however, said that they first received the promised paraclete, and thus strayed from the Catholic faith. The Manichaeans, too, apply all the promises made respecting the Holy Spirit to Manichaeus, as if there were no Holy Spirit given before, Chrysostom, or thus, by the glory of Christ he meant the cross, for whereas we were enemies, and gifts were not made to enemies but to friends, it was necessary that the victim should be first offered up, and the enmity of the flesh removed, that being made friends of God, we might be capable of receiving the gift. End of chapter 7, verses 25 through 39.